I'm Sarona Volta, and I'm excited to bring you Hype Women, the podcast. Twambo Kapilikisha is a life and business coach. Her confidence school is based in Berlin. Twambo also has a podcast called Tea Time with Twambo, where she helps women unclutter all their mental and emotional baggage. Twambo offers her listeners a fresh perspective on their daily struggles. Today, Twambo is here to speak about how women fall into the likability trap. And if you spend much of your time trying to please those around you, then this episode is for you. Welcome, Twambo Kapilikisha. I hear that you grew up in Zambia before you moved to Germany. Tell me, what was that like growing up in, in Zambia? Yes, I grew up in Lusaka, Zambia, the capital of Zambia. I did my kindergarten, primary school, and high school there. And actually, after I finished my high school, I moved to several different places in the world. I've lived in the U.S., I've lived in the U.K., I did a short stint in Russia. Oh, wow. Um, and then I went back home, and I was home for a while, and then I came to Germany. And I must say that every place was really different. Yeah. I should say that the U.S. and the U.K. were really familiar because you grew up watching American and British TV shows. You kind of know the lingo. And I wouldn't it's not say that so much of a culture shock. Your introduction to that society is not seamless, but yeah. there's lots that is familiar that you've seen before. But Russia and Germany were very different because of the language barrier. Right. And coming to Germany was really, really great. It was a little bit of a culture shock because the German persona Right. You know, because of how German people are. In the beginning, there was a lot that I didn't understand because the first impression, and I think the impression that people the world over have, is that Germans are very, like, logical, very brash people. They've got no emotion. Let's just get things done. And Germans can be like that. But they can also be very, very warm, caring people. And I think it takes you being in their society to be able to see that. It was a little bit of a shock to come from a society or societies that are about being really nice to everybody and coming here where people don't necessarily have to be nice to you. Because when I went to the US, I, I, went, I studied in Texas and everybody's very nice in Texas. Everybody holds the door open for you. Everybody calls you ma'am. Everybody says hello. And that doesn't happen very much in Germany. I think when a lot of people come, it's hard for the first six months or so because Nobody is going out of their way to be nice to you. Yeah, and, and you, you, you tend to mistake in that or, or to see that as being unfriendly, but really it's, it's just people just keep to their own. Yeah, they keep to their own and they're, they're on about their lives. And in fact, I think there's a lot of Germans that don't like this American politeness because it seems very fake. Uh, yeah. I think Germans, because they're very frank people, they want to be upfront about how they feel. And they don't have time for the niceties that are going to waste time. Like, let's not waste time talking about the weather. Blah, blah, even though Germans do talk about the weather a lot <laughs> more than people actually like to think. But they're very straightforward people. And I think this has its advantages. And that is why Germany is a leader in most industries in the world, because of this straightforwardness. I remember when I first moved here, at first, I definitely thought this was like really unfriendly. But then I also realized, like this is through friends that I had that were also German. The thing that I loved about those friendships was that when that friend said that they were going to be there, they would be there. There was no <laughs> like, yeah, let me see. It was 
like I could take that word. In South Africa, sometimes <laughs> you never know if friendliness actually meant that that person was genuinely your friend. And it's interesting. But yeah, coming back to your experiences in Germany, how did you decide that you were going to become a life coach? Did you start off that when you moved here? Did you see any opportunity for that? How did you get to that place? My journey to being a life coach was actually a really like around the way bumpy kind of journey. So as many African kids, you grow up believing that you should be a doctor, a lawyer, a nurse, whatever, because those are the industries that our parents and their forefathers were, that's what made them the most money. Right. And that still makes people a lot of money today. But there's a lot of prestige and honor that comes with being a doctor. And I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be a doctor so bad. But I never did well enough in school to be a doctor. Okay. But I still like pursued that. And I, I internally believed that if I wasn't, then I would have failed in my life. Right. And so me coming to Germany was me sort of, I didn't, I didn't make it to medical school. So I thought, okay, well, then I'll just go ahead and do biology because that's the closest thing to being yeah. a doctor. At least I can do biology. And if I'm honest with myself, I didn't think that through so well. Uh -huh. And I was just trying to hold on to this dream that I, I think was, it was basically handed to me by yeah. society, by the society that I grew up in. And so that's how I landed here in Germany was basically studying biology. But I was really, really unhappy with that. I got to a point where I was like, okay, so if I wasn't doing anything in the sciences, what would I do with myself? What comes naturally to me to do? And writing is another thing that comes naturally to me. I had been writing my blog for a while and it was a situation where I just, I wrote blog posts for me and my friends and I sent them to my friends and stuff like that. And I was really lucky enough to land myself a job at a company called Trivago writing scripts for Wow. I mean, advertising for worldwide, basically TV advertising and open my whole world to creativity, to the yeah. fact that there's people that go to school just to draw. Right. right. <laughs> and this is something that doesn't happen in my country. When kids finish high school, they're usually forced into these five or six career paths because that's where you're guaranteed that you're going to make money. Nobody's going to send you to art school, for example, because the art scene, unfortunately, in Africa is not as developed as it should be. Even though we are a vastly creative continent, you can't say... It is getting there now. I mean, I see more and more <clears throat> South African artists who are just like blowing up globally. But I mean, I think at the time that we were there, this was not yeah. a thing. Right. I mean, now there's lots and lots of young Africans that are standing up and saying, okay, I love to do illustration. I love to do motion graphics. How am I going to do that? And I love that South Africa has universities, for example, like, you know, University of Cape Town, where they have yeah. programs that people can take that seriously. Yes. But in other African countries, most people are going into the School of Engineering or the School of Natural Sciences because there isn't really an art scene, so to yeah. say. Uh, when you think about art, it's people that make curios for the markets in Africa, right? But it was great to join this world and realize that I could use my creativity in that way. But then I also noticed in hindsight that when I had my employee evaluations, I was always the person that people in my team could come and talk to about their issues and I would help them solve that. And that was something that I was also doing with my podcast that, that I had also started to do in the meantime. I figured that I had a knack for taking people's problems taking them apart and helping them put back together a solution. That's how I got into this journey of being a life coach and I'm pretty good at it and I'm enjoying it. 
did you quit your job you like full-time and then transition into doing your life coaching when did you do that what happened was I moved to Berlin because this is where we were doing all of our filming for the TV advertising. Mm -hmm. And then after a while, the company decided they didn't want to have this office here anymore. And I was okay. given the choice of going back to continue my job or to stay. And I decided to stay because I was also thinking, I love the creative job. I love yeah. the writing, but I knew that this was something else that I really, really was good at and something that I really wanted to do. So I had to make the choice of like, no, actually I'm not going and I'm going to stay and pursue this thing. And that was also kind of scary to do, but I'm really glad that I did it. Yeah. In an episode on your podcast, because I'm, I'm a huge fan and I think it was called How to Choose Yourself. I really loved that episode. You talk about how to set boundaries, but also how you realized in your own life that you weren't setting boundaries and tell me a little bit more about that. I really like that in the beginning of this discussion you talked about coming to Germany right and how we've talked about like Germans are really good at saying no. I'm coming from Zambia and you also mentioned that for example you, you couldn't trust that your South African friends are going to show up or not right. <laughs> I think it comes a lot from our African culture in that and families that have large extended families. Yes, because really I mentioned this to you last week. I said how I grew up. I grew up in a big house with my grandparents, my aunt and uncle, my cousins, and all live in together on this big property. Their boundaries was not a thing. And, and I think this kind of communal cultures, this wasn't a thing. And then I grew up watching my mom just always saying yes to everything, cooking for everyone but she was always on the brink of burnout. When I got married, I kind of felt that I had to sort of do the same thing and be the yes wife to everything. I mean, yeah. firstly, just coming over to Germany and not being able to... I came here because of my husband. And so I think for me, it was also like letting go of my own dreams of practicing law and realizing, okay, I had to find something else that fulfills me in terms of my career was yeah. already like a compromise. Yeah, I think you're right. It is about living in these huge communal homes, right? You grow up living with cousins and large families, lots of siblings. And so your boundaries are already, there are no boundaries because you're going to share rooms with your three sisters. You're going to have meals together. And this is the beautiful part of our culture. But the bad part is that in order for this community to exist, some boundaries need not to be there. Yes. right there's things that you can't say no to because if you do say no then it brings disharmony within the whole thing and like how people in the west live where it's very very individual if these are my boundaries this is it if i say i'm not gonna come i'm not gonna come but you know you can't say no to your cousin's birthday party <laughs> because you have to be there it's your first cousin how can you not be there right Coming from that kind of upbringing, it really was a shock to just, and not just in Germany, I, I think even everywhere else that I had lived, where you, f you meet people that are living their lives so individually, and sometimes you wonder, how can they live like that? And it's almost an insult when you yeah. first move away from home. It's like, well, that person's really selfish. How could they not make time for me? Because you got used to people making time for you. I realized I didn't have any boundaries when I was just so exhausted all the time. And I was starting to look for excuses and just lying to my friends about not wanting to show up for a coffee date or go see a movie or something. I could never just say no. I always had to look for a really, really good excuse in order not to show up. Some sort of lie. 
But the problem with that is then you have to keep lying <laughs> you know, in order to keep up the first lie. If you say you can't come because you're not feeling well, the next time you see them, you have to talk about what was wrong and did you go to the doctor? And so you have to keep spinning the story. And I just decided, you know what, it's just because I can't say no. And I have to learn how to say no. And so that's how the journey started of like, okay, how can I choose myself? Because it isn't about me choosing myself. It's choosing my sanity. It's choosing my health, my emotional health, my mental health. And so I had to learn how to start saying no. And it wasn't easy. Well, tell me, what was the first step to say no? And how do you, what does it practically look like to set boundaries, for instance, at work and relationships? I think we talked about even social media and with friends and family, because I think it's easy to say no to someone who's harassing you over the phone to sell you advertising or something like that. Whereas to say no to a close friend or to a close relative, it becomes a little bit harder. I think the first step is identifying what you really want. If you want Saturday nights to yourself, then you're going to have to say no to anybody that wants to breach or encroach on that Saturday night that you want for yourself. So if you don't know what you want, you can't set up any boundaries. You can't say, people are always asking me to do things and I'm always out of the house and I never spend time alone, but you've never decided that you want to spend time alone or when you want to spend time alone and when it's okay for you to go out. It's the same with helping your family or relatives financially. If you decide that you are only going to spend 200 euro a month to help friends and family, then that's what you have. And the next time somebody comes to you and says, you know, there's something really going on, you can politely say, you know, unfortunately it's not in my budget this month, or unfortunately I've run out of all the money that I can give. Because you've decided on that amount, because that is what you can, that's what you have within your means. It's about making a decision. What can you give? What do you want? That's the first step. Let me rebut this. So I'm your friend and I'm like, and you say to me, no, you know, you've reached your limit for the month. And I say to you, oh, but Twombo, I really need this for my child. I will lend you this money back. And I lay on the guilt. How do you respond? You cry on the floor. <laughs> yes. I pick you up and I hug you. And I say, I'm really sorry. I just, I don't have it at the moment. But what I can do is I can help you ask other people. Or I can help look around and see if there's some organizations or something that can help you. But I really cannot help you right now. If you can wait until next month, I will definitely have it. But right now, I don't. That's a great response. I think, yeah, like for me, I think a lot of women like know that they need to say no. And then they struggle at the guilt part. How do you suggest getting over that part? I think one thing that we need to realize is that there are some people that are just takers and they yes. don't feel guilty about taking all okay. the time. And I think you can feel it when there's somebody that comes to you that never really asks you for anything and they tell you, you know what, it's, I really have nobody else to ask, but I'm going to ask you because I really need the help. Or you know the person that shows up every two or three months asking for some kind now i'm running this business i need some investment or now this has happened and now the kids don't have school fees and da, 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 da. you can help three or four times but you also expect that person to start getting their stuff together right yes. and maybe the way that you can help is not by giving money or your time it could be by sending them to a contact that has a job that they can take it's about also knowing what can I give? What am I willing to give? Okay, I'm going to make some phone calls so you can go see some people or I can send you some links 
or yes, here's money, take it, do what you need to do. But realize that there are some people that don't feel guilty about coming to you all the time. Because unfortunately, as human beings as well, we get so used to when somebody always gives us what we want, we start to take advantage of it. We may not mean it, we may not mentally mean it, but you always know that there's that one person that you can always call, but you never take into account that you should feel guilty that you're going to them all the time. And you're not considering that maybe they need the resources that you're always asking them for. The last time we chatted, you also mentioned about if you're someone that hasn't set boundaries and then you realize that you need to start setting boundaries. Let's just chat about expecting a battle within that circle of friends who now have to deal with, oh, you know, who does she think she is now? They're going to be like, what do you mean you're not going to come out? What do you mean you're not going to give? What do you mean you're not going to make time at church? What do you mean you're not going to volunteer? Because you've volunteered for the past five years. What does that mean now? Oh, now you want to spend time with your kids? You know, people are going to fight you when you finally say, this is where I draw the line. Because they've been so used to you laying yourself on the floor and they can walk all over you. They're going to, why aren't you laying on the floor? Like lay down so I can walk all over you. Why are you standing up all of a sudden? Now you think you're something. And these are the times when you remind yourself that you're doing this for yourself because this is what you want. And you are important too. It's, we're not talking about being mean to people. There's also a way that you can be assertive about your boundaries, right? Just like before where you can say, sorry, I don't have the money to give to you. You can just say, unfortunately, I don't have the time. Maybe we can try next week. Because when you start to set boundaries, you also feel the need to constantly explain yourself and give a reason. In the beginning, you will do that. Right. But as you go on, you will get comfortable just saying, sorry, I don't have the time. Maybe next time or maybe next week. And you will get to the point where you can just say, sorry, I don't have the time. Yeah, that, that is a very good point. I was really guilty of always trying to feel like I needed to provide an excuse for why mm-hmm. I say no. Yeah. Now I realize by being always available, it's also, I think, in workspaces and work situations or whatever situations, when you're always available, you also invite, I think, a lack of respect into your relationships right Mm -hmm. and it's good that you mentioned that because i think if you think about the person in your life that has boundaries right and especially if you think about back home in south africa or in zambia there's always that one aunt that's like the no nonsense aunt right where you know you are not going to ask her for this at her boundaries and everybody respects her they may say stuff behind her back like oh she's never this or she doesn't do that but she is living her life she is happy Nobody crosses her. Everybody respects her. So there are people in your life that have boundaries that you respect. And you can be that person too. I mean, you don't have to be the mean kind of person, but you can also be the kind of person where people know, you know what, time with her family is really important. Maybe I'll just check, but I'm not going to feel bad if she says she's not going to go. In terms of goal setting, I also find that when you realize that you have so many goals to achieve and not being able to set boundaries is kind of like allowing yourself to be distracted by things Mm -hmm. that don't necessarily allow you to use your time productively and efficiently and your goals just keep moving forward instead of actually reaching your small milestones they just keep getting pushed forward there's something that people don't realize when you, especially when you're setting boundaries, it's also good to set, you set boundaries for your goals, but you set boundaries for your relationships as well. Yes. 
because the mistake that a lot of people have made is they realize that being accommodating to everybody means they're not achieving their goals. So then they just set time just for their goals. And then six months later, they show up again like, oh, hey, so you want to go have a beer? And everyone's like, we haven't seen you in six months. Like you dumped us because of your goals and now you want to hang out. So it's important that you have goals, but you also have goals and time for your relationship. Right. If you're working on something, work on it Monday to Friday or every day from eight to five. And then once you're done, like, okay, relationship with your family, call your friends, whatever. Weekends, I will spend some time with some friends. And that way you have a balance because then you're also a healthier human being. Right. Because you're, you have a good work, home, work relationship, goal relationship balance. Boundaries in the pandemic. We talked about working moms. How you, you also mentioned that you have this course on your confidence school. Tell me more about that. So this is a course that I came up with after I had my daughter and I was having difficulty communicating with my husband exactly what it is that I needed him to do or what I wanted. He was, you know, doing what he thought was right, but that wasn't exactly what I needed at the time. Or we would get our wires crossed so often that it wasn't a nice relationship that you know that the feeling in the house wasn't so great anymore and so i realized that there was things that i had to change about myself and there was things that he needed to understand in order for us to communicate a lot better and so we kind of changed our style of communicating and it's gotten it's gotten so much better i love that i can speak my thoughts clearly and even though he's feeling defensive or even though i'm feeling defensive we're not like flying off the handle or stomping away it's like okay, are you saying this? Did I hear you correctly or did I misunderstand? So I basically made this course in order to help other women communicate with their husbands and so that husbands can also understand where the women are coming from. So I have a section in the course that is for the men where they can get to understand what is going on and maybe also understand why they're having difficulty understanding and what they can do about it. But as for the pandemic, it's been really sad to read all these articles and social media postings of how women are having such a hard time in trying to hold down a job, trying to be a good mom, trying to be a good wife, cook meals, keep the house clean. And they're falling apart because they don't have time for themselves. And they realize how much they have to sacrifice still in order to make this happen. I think that during this time, there should be boundaries on how much time you spend doing what. And this yes. comes with communicate, communicating with your partner of what do we want how much time can we spend on it and what's important and what's not important so if for this family it's really important that they have vegetables for lunch every day how can we make sure that that happens when are you most productive when am i most productive can we split the day so you get mornings to work and i'm with the kids and then i get afternoons to work and you take them out for a walk is it important that the kids go out for a walk every day how much screen time are we comfortable with the kids having? And if they're not having screen time, what are they doing? So if couples can talk about these are our expectations and these are our boundaries and this is what we would do to make sure that this is happening because this makes our household run smoothly, then that's what needs to happen. Uh, you also spoke about giving up control because I think sometimes we, as women, we tend to want to control things as well. So for instance, you made and this. I laugh about this because this is me. If my husband has to cook and if it's the most basic supper, <laughs> if it's pizza, yeah. ready-made pizza, then that's what it is. 
I think women also need, there's things that they're going to have to willingly sacrifice. There's things that you've had to sacrifice because it's the pandemic. Yeah. But for example, if you say he's going to make dinner three times a week, if it's alphabet soup, if it's hot dogs, if it's ready-made pizza, if it's really disgusting sloppy joes, like that's what it is. Like that's what the family's going to eat and you're going to have to be happy with it. And you didn't have to make dinner. I think that we need to be able to cut the men some slack and let them learn from this. Because I think if he makes a really gross dinner, right, <laughs> I think he's going to want to have to try the next one and be like, okay, that one was really bad. Let me see if I can do better with the next one. We yeah. all are work in process here. <laughs> exactly. We also need to be able to just be like, okay, you know what? He's not doing the laundry the way I usually do it, but the laundry is done. The kids are wearing this mismatched outfit. You would never let them out wearing those things, but they are dressed and they're going outside. Guilty, so guilty. <laughs> so please go sit at your desk and work. Just let him also learn by himself how to get things together. Yeah. Because you want to be able eventually to say, okay, I'm going away for a week right? You're training him for the day, for the time that you're going to be like, I'm putting my foot down. Me and the girls are going away for a week. <laughs> and you want to be able to be gone for the week and not be like, oh my God, is she eating pizza again? Okay. She's eating pizza again. And she looks a little bit homeless, but she's safe and she's fine. Right. <laughs> Just don't send me pictures. <laughs> exactly. You're gone with your girlfriends. You are you're getting the time that you need your child wearing a mismatched outfit for like a week it's, it's not a train smash there were worse things yeah. that could happen no. thank you so much for this morning's chat um one last question uh what would you say to your younger self or let's think about some little girl younger and from back home who's listening and thinking about broadening her horizons to the rest of the world I would say don't ignore your other giftings other than what you're good at or which subjects you're good at in school. And also just learn to pause sometimes. Just pause and take the time to appreciate where you are and also think about what you want and where you're going. Everything doesn't have to go so fast. Yes. You can just take your time. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. If you like our show, you know what to do. Tell your best friends, your mom's neighbor, or the lady on the bus. Tell your boss and the trolls of the internet. Until next time, like, share, and subscribe.